for all the the real the real heads out there. I don't know. The real heads? <laughs> it's not those fake. Brian heads. Welch. Brian Welch from Corn. He's like, hell yeah, this one's for me. Oh my god! There's always a new metal reference on this podcast. Um, <laughs> it's been a minute, my man. Uh, there's a lot of things happening been, in the world. It has been 60 seconds. Um, we're gonna we're gonna talk about some real important issues today, like some responsible uh, first time home buyers. <laughs> <laughs> sorry but anyway I'd like, to, the, I'd like to talk to you about your car's extended warranty <laughs> exactly um but no you have a, I saw, you have I saw, a new you have a new announcement some personal news yeah i saw, I saw uh, my just kid's dick this week just kidding no i i wasn't referring to anything you did you didn't well, see no. your child's dick well no i i so this kid was we did the sonogram this kid was like showing his asshole he was like spreading his cheeks i was like you little piece of shit he's a podcaster Um, i I was like officer that's the man right there (laughs) no uh, yeah um no no he's a good man no but uh um how's your your kid doing this this is we're trying to slowly turn this into a uh parenting advice podcast it's just a a present dad is the gonna be the, the actual title of the podcast and the jokes are only going to get better. <laughs> Tired leftists. <laughs> yes. Sleepy left. Um, yeah. I, I, the other day I told my brother that I was sleep deprived from work. And he goes, hey, man, just stay sleep deprived until the baby comes so you can hit the ground running. Oh, I, um, I, didn't, I didn't read any analysis about it. Like I didn't, I, I didn't see anything in Jacobin or, you know wherever else but um one thing i did think we, we can't not mention it is uh joe biden farting on the parker bowl that i knew it was gonna be some bullshit <laughs> uh so it, i'll tell you exactly what it reminded me of. okay it reminded me of that scene in rain man where tom cruise and rain man are in the phone booth and tom cruise is trying to make a call and rain man's like trying to get and he goes farted and he goes what farted ray did you fart ray how can you stand that and he goes i don't mind it <laughs> That's, that's what it reminded me of. Okay, I'll be Cause honest because Joe, Joe Bo- I've never seen Rain Man. I, but. I don't mean I don't mean to insult the autistic community by comparing them with Joe Biden or, or by mentioning to, Rain Man. <laughs> yeah, I I know that. I've, I think I've heard mixed messages from people who who are who deal with the community who are like, "This is good. This isn't so good." Non neurotypical. Um, yeah, I have ADD, so I can talk about it. So. Sure, sure. I have a foot fetish, so I can talk about it. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I think if you have a foot, if, if you have a foot fetish, can you kink shame people with foot fetishes? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know the rules. What if someone wanted to kink shame people, so they just had to get real deep into the kink life? Like they're like, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna take one for the team. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna go up on stage right now and ask this singer to piss on my head. Um, I'm gonna take ten for the team. No, um, I don't know. The, really, just Joe Biden farting on Kamala. Parker. Frankly, it make it, it kind of like that. That the, I think I think in that moment he became president. Talk you know about I mean? the mo- the moment again, because you you've mumbled it several times. Joe Biden farting on what? Joe Biden par- uh, farting parking. Joe Biden farting on Camilla Parker Bowles. Yeah, um, that I think in that moment that's when he became my president. Hashtag my president. 
Um, I wish he. I wish he would have said, "Oh, that's a run by two team." Like Mrs. Doubtfire. Why would he do a Mrs. Doubtfire thing? I mean, you got to take advantage of the situation, you know. It's an iconic film. Remember when he throws that fruit at uh, at 007, hits him in the head with it, and he goes, "It was a run by tooting, fruiting." Sorry, a run by tooting. This is off the rails already. A run by I tooting. Apologize. It's a fart yeah. joke. It is a fart joke. It's a fart joke. Anyway, uh, what do you think about this inflation? What do you think about what's going on there? I, I I'll tell you first of all. Here's what I think about inflation. I think it's very important. Uh, mm. I think it needs to be a, our primary concern. And I think it hurts our economic standing in the world. I think it's a real threat. And let's hear your thoughts. Uh, I think you're wrong. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> but no, I was reading a really irritating article in NPR. Um, uh, an NPR, but right? Basically, uh, it kind of gets to the heart of it, which I think is really funny. But um, but the they're like, uh, yeah, the, 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 the fart of it. Thank you. We don't want to get too up our own ass talking about inflation. We got to talk about... Um, I don't know. And that was also a, a that was also a flatulence reference, which you said up our own ass. That's true. Continue, please. I'm gonna blow it out your ass. All right. So NPR, they so they started this article talking about um, Disney reopening the Magic Kingdom like a few months back, but it has yet to reopen the trams that run from the parking lots to the actual park, which sure. which sucks, right? Because sure, sure it's it like forty miles away. Fat guys, it's forty miles away. As a couple of fat guys, that's like one of the worst things we can imagine. Sure, but it's hot and, and in Florida, and then you have to you have oh to my walk anywhere. I think everyone has an awful an awful Disney World story, but anyway, continue. Um, but uh, uh, they also note that like uh, Domino's is taking longer to deliver pizzas. Have you noticed that? You're a Domino's guy, right? All of this news really affects fat people you're, pretty bad. You're a domin ho, aren't you? That's what they're called. I mean, I mean, it's usually the one like the closest place that'll deliver like surefire. Oh, interesting. I was just kidding. I didn't. I didn't know anyone that actually uh, preferred Domino's. Um, I didn't think I did. Sure, I prefer. I, I, in, in terms of chains, I probably prefer it mm. because I like the I like the thin, crispy crust. I like uh, Mr. Getty's. Wow, <laughs> that's a deep cut, wow. Mesquite, Texas. Uh, you know, you know, it, you know. One time, it changed to a different Italian restaurant. One time when we were in high school, mm-hmm. and I went there with Levi Turner one night, okay. and we walked in, and no kidding, there were three like Sopranos looking guys sitting at the table inside, and they turned and looked at us, and we were like, oh. <laughs> And like turned around and walked out. The, those I, those guys were almost it was probably just it was probably nothing. Yeah. I know it was probably nothing, but it was it was like three overweight like Italian that's, looking. That's whatever rude. That that's anti Italian discrimination. Is what that is. Um, okay, <laughs> but I didn't. But Levi's black, so I took him out of there because you know, you know how those people are, the Italians. Huh. So anyway, uh, also airlines are like putting you on hold for hours and so and like and then, you know, the quality of service is just deteriorating anywhere. And NPR says we're, we're calling this shrinkflation. It's when the cost of goods stays the same, but you get less. Um, and uh, quote, we propose a new word to describe this stealth ninja kind of inflation, skimpflation. It's when instead of simply raising prices, companies skimp on the goods and services they provide. I don't this call that new. skimpflation. I I call that uh, 
that's a capitalism. capitalism. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. all that I mean, is. I mean, that's this. This isn't even a new phenomenon. No, so it's like no, the, no. it's like it's like nothing new is happening. So they came up with a, a different term for something that's been going on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that, that's why I just I, I just got a little irritated. When I was reading. I was because because basically it's like. Uh, uh, they're like, oh, this it's a it's a new kind of uh, inflation. It's it's where companies try to uh, not spend as much money, but still charge you the same amount of money or more. Well, no, the, the, like, tried, that's, the, that's the tried and tested form of this, the tried and tested form of this is uh, firing employees. <laughs> sure, that's another way. That, that, that's sure. another very common way this happens. Um, I think you call that shrinkflation, and, and I'll and you'll get stabbed in the neck, and rightfully so. Uh, and, and, you know, inflation as a, I guess, um, a, a metric that's measured by the Fed is a thing. Like, the, like yes. you know, the dollar is, is getting less valuable, which sucks for people like me. And, and in reality, it is it is dangerous because it will affect you. It will affect you if it, if it happens. Like, things will become more expensive for you. For sure. For sure. Um, but, like understanding like why like why is inflation happening because like we had had record like low levels of inflation like we to the point where like some people like oh well inflation might be good because um you know in theory if wages are rising and inflation is rising then that means that people are still basically having the same amount of like income meanwhile their mortgage and their debt is like they're getting less valuable right the reason inflation and deflation happen has nothing to do with average working people. It has to do with the wealthy people playing a game basically with themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and then the outcome of that game that we have nothing to do with determines how much we spend for the necessities of life. Well, and I think a lot of what's going on right now, people are pointing to uh, the, the supply chain logjam, which is the other thing that I – wanted to talk about um which again is a thing a lot of us have probably noticed without realizing it like when you go to the store and you're like why don't they have a lot of the things i always buy where are all the slim gyms at um you know that's what that's they're at adam's house (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i wish like i ate all my meat in tube form i wish um no, they didn't have they didn't have slim jims, so I'm just this? eating a bunch of Vienna sausage. Unfortunately, what's what's the what's the uh, or organic uh, free range uh, version of slim jim that you buy from the Amish markets out there? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think they're called Svelte Svelte Beets. It's the Amish meat and tubin, <laughs> meat and tubin, yeah, <laughs> Svelte Piotr's. Um. <laughs> Skinny penises. I mean, Piotr doesn't mean. I like how you. It's use Russian. It. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it is Russian. Yeah, it's, it's the name of Colossus. Yeah, the Russian Amish. <laughs> the Ramish. Um, no, don't do that. Come on now. Come on, man. Keep it serious. Um. Anyway, um, but uh, uh Robert Reich. Uh, who's who's a tiny lovable character that I I first communist. I first ran into watching Conan O'Brien. Um, sure, yeah. I didn't know he was the labor secretary. <laughs> it's like it's a tiny guy. Yeah, he was. And Conan O'Brien's a big guy, and it's it's inherently funny. Um, it's very funny. 
But uh, he was writing uh, the corporate power is the cause of inflation, which I think is probably the the. It's, and generally, I think yes. corporate power is the source of all of the bad things, which I yes. it, which is my I, bias, and I want to admit that, that freely. That's um, what's annoying about Robert Reich is I think he is a left liberal, so he'll occasionally get things right, but it's then oh what his analysis is of that that I think is often wrong. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, f- f- so the information he's citing in, in this article, which I think was reproduced on Alternet, which is where I read it, because I definitely don't subscribe to his blog. That's 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 a next level brain worms thing that I that I haven't <laughs> succumbed to. Um, but uh, there's a video that was on his website for a long time. I can't get out of my head of him dancing, holding his book in his head in his hand, like trying to get you to buy his book. It was like a boomerang. He would like dance one way and then turn the it was horrible. Anyway, I'm two chapters in. It's pretty good. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like those commercials where like a guy a guy said that he would give me a Slurpee if I showed him my boobs. Where is he? He's right over there, and they're holding the Slurpee when they point. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Um, yeah. Um, so uh, he he writes in April. Procter and Gamble announced it would start charging more for for everything from <laughs> that's that's bad. Start, start, That's not good with a medical company. Start charging more for everything from diapers to toilet paper, citing rising. Wait, Pro- Procter and Gamble does household goods, right? Like that's the yeah, yeah, yeah. Like to- guess, toiletries I, and I, stuff. I guess so. Um, citing rising costs for raw materials such as resin and pulp, and higher exp- expenses to transport goods. Um, but Robert Reich notes that uh, uh, obviously P and G. That's what he. That's he. He later abbreviates that. That's what we call it in the biz. We call it P and G. Sure. Uh, sure. P B and G. They're they've been raking in like huge profits. So the idea that like oh it's, you know we're kind of we've been biting the bullet lately. But, well, we're but that's to- the dumb thing about ca- that's the dumb thing about capitalism is companies. It's not about making enough money. It's you you have to make more money than you made the previous year like it has to be constant growth and you also have to be making more money in relation to your competition it's stupid yeah. like it's it's not just you need to make enough money to sustain the company and pay the employees yeah but just like uh, it's just interesting that there is like a whole field of like communications where you're you're just there to kind of make excuses for the most evil organizations on the planet um yeah uh, so so obviously like this is kind of like a damage control on like we're making a, a fuck ton of money while people are hurting when we want to make a fuck ton more, um, so we're gonna ha- we're gonna like blame it on X Y and Z, uh, we're gonna blame it on uh, you know the cost of resin. <laughs> yeah. But um, uh, I don't know about you, but resin's getting cheaper where I'm from. No, I'm kidding. Um, I mean, I don't think I don't think they have to be making it up. Like even if resin is, even if they are having more overhead, fuck them. Like yeah. I, I don't care. Well, it, it's because, it's just because all because also because also what, what was it resin and what else pulp? That's coming from like trees and deforestation and like destroying the environment Ooh, and stuff. So yes, yes, yes. Which reminds me of the because uh, I read a, an article by Umer Hawk, who I, I guess I've seen a lot before. I don't know much about the person. Um, sometimes I get weird vibes, but I think that they're in general a good writer, and they say a lot of things I agree with. But um, do you feel like sometimes they're getting a little libertarian or something like that? No, I just feel like I don't know. I've, part of me, it's probably like envy is where it's coming from. But like, part, I'm always very <laughs> suspicious 
of people that make a living by just writing words on the internet. I'm like, damn, it's especially if it's stuff, especially if it's stuff you're interested in. You're like, why are they getting to do this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's gotta be, there's gotta be some soul getting sold I, along I'm, the way. I'm always worried that when I talk about a blogger that I, I, you know, don't normally talk about that someone's going to point out, Oh no, they're an obvious grifter. I'm like, ah, oh, I should have known because <laughs> they, they make their money on the internet. Um, yeah. As, as, as a white guy, your greatest fear is getting called out. <laughs> I guess so. No, I just, I just mean that, like, uh, okay. I don't know. I'm not going to address that. No, I, no, I'm, I'm going to leave that for my publicist to come up with a statement. Um, but uh, I'll, I'll get started on it tonight. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, uh, before we go to Umer Hawk's piece, um, I was wondering about uh, uh, you mentioned climate change. I think that's a, I think that's a good point, but I think ultimately, you know, it, it's the kind of PR like blaming resident pulp prices. I think ultimately that PR comes down to someone deciding like, uh, um, we've, we've decided that as costs are rising, it's going to come out of your pocket and not mine. And I need a way to, sp- exactly. I need a way to spin Ex- that. Um, exactly. when, when their, when their cost, when their cost on materials and goods, they need rises. They get to charge us more for it yeah. or give us less. Where do we get to make compensations for us spending more or getting less on this stuff? Like we don't have options. Yeah. Well, it's like, um, uh, you know, I, 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 we just got to hit our kids. I've heard landlords talk about this, that like, oh, you, 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 you know, it's not just you're, you're getting a tenant to help pay your mortgage. You're also charging a, an arm and a leg over that to pay for typical maintenance of the house for property taxes for any foreseeable thing that go wrong you're just passing any foreseeable costs on to the tenant right that way that it's all cake to you no matter what happens you know Uh, yeah uh, which is why i I don't know i mean it probably does make sense and because you never know when something's going to happen and you want to have the money to do it i mean but all that does is point to how fucked up your profession is all i'm saying is like landlords man they're real jerks you know what I mean? Um, I don't know. What do you mean? So, Mayor Hawk, um, <clears throat> um, talking about the microchip shortage. Speaking of which, you ever get that PlayStation, my man? No. You're gonna love this. All right. So, the microchip shortage. What's it really about? Um, Playstations. <laughs> it's a, a, no. I remember at one point people were saying it's because of. Uh, uh, all the Bitcoin miners buying them up to superheat their garages <laughs> to, to, so that they can mine imaginary money, um, which is important to keep in mind in terms of... You think uh, people have their crypto rigs just in their garage? Uh, no, they probably have to have it some like in their refrigerator to keep it cool. No, you, you put it in one of those uh, box box freezers. There you go. That people sometimes have in their garage. Um all right, so there, there are Looks like a like three, three main factories in the world where microchips are are made. And the, is one of them here in Dallas at, at TI? One of them is in Texas, and I'm pretty sure they are talking about TI. I didn't, I didn't actually um, look into the article, the the hyperlink thing here, but I'm pretty sure it's TI. I, I assumed it was TI. Um, good old Jack, good old Jack Kilby. Uh, uh, Ted Kaczynski's mortal enemy. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, the where's that epic rap battle? Jack Kilby and Ted Kaczynski. Who's Jack Kilby? The guy who invented the microchip at at Ti. Ti the rapper. 
Texas Instruments. <laughs> I'm fucking with you, and you get mad. Good lord. Uh, the, all right, so there's one microchip factory that caught fire in Japan, um, and uh, it, that which is due to an equipment malfunction, but it uh, wasn't able to be put out okay. in a timely manner because of like the weather. Did Godzilla have anything to do with it? Because of the weather conditions, racist. Um, the the one in uh, Texas, obviously, there was a huge disruption and output because of the uh, historic snowstorm that happened in february that knocked out power yeah. for for you know days and then if you're from a cold place don't look it up because you're just if you're from a cold place don't look up texas's epic snowstorm because you're just gonna make fun of us it was no it's, it, it was, was bad it was it was, a, bad it was a real like it, it was but people but but the people from cold cold states were like what the fuck's wrong with you guys and i was like yeah <laughs> we just didn't care to Whatever. So I'm still I'm still salty about it. Casey, the thing you need to know about Casey is that he's a patriot. Uh, and he, uh, <laughs> no. Um, and then the third one was in Taiwan, and uh, I didn't know this, but apparently microchips requires a large amount of water to manufacture. But Taiwan's been affected by one of the worst droughts in ha- in like half a century. Yeah. Um, so okay. you'll notice a lot of these have to do with climate change, except really the the like Japan fire. Like the fire happened for whatever reason. I don't know that the this general weather conditions are re- are re- really the reason we can just attribute all weather conditions to climate change. I think extreme weather events like in Texas and Taiwan. I think that makes sense. But um, yeah, that's fair. And you know, even when you think about things that are becoming more and more costly to produce, like steel. Um, or agriculture or, wa- or water, a lot of that is because um, that type of manufacturing, that type of production requires uh, energy, which is getting more expensive. You know, and because of because it requires resources that are becoming more expensive. Yeah, well, that, even the base materials yeah. like you know steel and stuff like that that go into any number of products. You 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 would think that as as unsustainable modes of manufacturing become sorry manufacturing and consumption become more cost prohibitive you would think there would be more incentive to move away from those things i mean i think but, i think the reason why there isn't is because of the consolidation within industries yes like, yes absolutely and, and if one company moved away from that they would suddenly be at a huge disadvantage to all the other companies who keep doing what's known yeah i think that once like you know, a lot of time people talk about monopolies, right, as like an evil thing. What when actually what I want is for like a democrat, a democratized state to have a monopoly over various things. Um, but uh, sure, the ultimately monopolies are good if it's the good guys. What we have is like an oligarchy that's let's like you know collectively making decisions. Uh, that are in their interest about prices and things like that, which is why you have, you know, to a degree, competition and collusion within markets. Because when when well, someone they, raises that's, that's prices so because weird. they want to bilk more out of consumers, it's not that their competitor wants to undercut them so that they'll get more market share. They want to raise their prices too, <laughs> like, right? But they but they but they also do want to undercut them and get more market share. So it's like it's like a weird. I, I guess it's. It's there is competition, but also there's class interests. That's what's yeah, going on, right? Sure. Like, it's like it's like, hey, we're all going to have to move to this model if any of us are going to survive, and I need you guys, my competitor, to also help us move to this so we can all do it. Like, yeah, like that. That's fucked. That's fucked up. Yeah. 
It's almost like it's almost like the uh, the gentleman pirate, you know. Um, gentleman pirate. Sorry, that was a metaphor. I don't, I don't really get it. I don't have a joke for that. I was trying to find something. So not like Johnny Depp, but like Orlando Bloom. That's the best I got, and I regret it. I don't care. I don't really care. <laughs> I regret it. Um, uh, Johnny Depp's probably a piece of shit. Probably. I don't know if he actually. I don't know what to believe in terms of the Amber Heard thing. But um, well, he's the reason I stick the, I feel like that's the reason I stick to him being the bad guy in that is because people get so mad when you criticize him, and they go immediately to blaming her. And like, I feel like just a lot of people like Johnny Depp, and they don't really care who did it or not. So it's like I don't know. So what if it is her? <laughs> like, that's, we don't have a problem with women getting away with abusing men. Um, well, the reason I think Johnny Depp's probably a piece of shit is like, did you see that movie Secret Window? Okay. Like the, at the end, it finds out that he's the killer. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Adam, Adam, Adam has this thing where he thinks that all movies are documentaries. Sure. Yeah. Like a child. He, he, he was watching. He was watching Cloverfield, and he was like, "Got me again, Ken Burns." <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! That's, can you believe he got that? Can you can you believe he got that shot of the Statue of Liberty's head falling off? It's crazy. <laughs> Understand that it's ten o'clock at night. I've been up since three o'clock in the morning. So, um, <clears throat> fucking deserve. What's up? <laughs> you get what you fucking deserve, or ask for, or whatever. Joker reference. Sorry, it's late. Go, continue. The Joker. When he shoots uh, Murray, the car- the like head. from the cartoon. I don't. I'm just. I don't mean that. It's not great for podcast energy. I'm just trying to irritate you and be tedious, and that's that's not a good thing to listen. Well, I think to. you're. I think you're trying um, to. I think you're trying to keep yourself stimulated. But <laughs> anyway, uh, speaking of stimulated, how's your daddy doing? The the let me. What is that? Still, still ready for action. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but no, I mean ultimately, Omer Hawk. On your what? <laughs> He's he's talking about like in externalized costs, like burning fossil sure. fuels for centuries, and and the big shift we're seeing right now is those costs are being internalized. <laughs> we're we're now we're now, the bill comes due, uh, as they yes. say. Um, and yes. uh, uh, you make that reference a lot. And I'm not sure what the original source. The thing is, is but... I it's like a throwaway line from the Doctor Strange movie where Benedict Cumberbatch has that incredible American accent. Um, that's where you first. Hello fell there, in Peter love. Parker. Hello, Peter Parker. Peter I Parker. Doctor, Parker. I am Doctor Strange, American man. These <laughs> R's are very easy for me. These R's are easy and natural for me. Yeah, I you think, know, anytime a British person comes on set in that movie, he's like, "Fucking go away! You're gonna fuck me up." In his defense, he's not bad at, at R's because uh, he's British. He's bad at R's because of the way his face is shaped. Um, but. <sighs> Oh, it did a really good head like a what's that? It's got a head like a fucking anvil. I don't know. I don't know either. Anvil. No, I think he's like the male version. He's like the male version of uh, of Kate Winslet. Like face. I just think it's interesting that he did play Smaug because he he strikes me as very reptilian. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like that's probably rude. But uh, speaking of speaking of reptiles, in a good way, Mark Zuckerberg. Go on. Well, Sweet I don't know. Baby rays. What? What? What do you? 
Uh, me well, and Adam have been noticing a pattern. You that, we start, tried, we start... the, the humanizing uh, Mark Zuckerberg. They had him like eating barbecue or making barbecue on <laughs> no, a Facebook Live. No, they did. And then he, no, 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 re- no. It's 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 even beyond that. I'm surprised you didn't know about this. So he he was like, and he's like, I love sweet sweet baby rays, and he's clearly just a. Uh, an idiot. So in this, in the recent announcement about uh, Meta, I know it was on the shelf behind him. Yeah, they like they put someone on his PR team decided to put it on the shelf behind him as some sort of humanizing. Oh, he just loves the barbecue no, sauce. No, I, I think that was the Mimi explanation that was going around. You think that he sincerely just accidentally left a, a, bar, a bottle of barbecue sauce? No, no, I don't. I, I don't doubt that the that the reason is probably bizarre and like <laughs> you wouldn't have, you wouldn't guess why it was there. But like, I doubt it was someone that was like, "They're you know what's going to make you seem more human." This no, I like, guarantee you that was placed there deliberately. There is like nothing happening about, with Mark Zuckerberg. When Hillary talked about how she always kept hot sauce in her purse. Uh, the thing is, that's, I, don't, I think I don't, that's more believable. Um, I don't feel no ways tired. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, that's still wild when I think about it. But uh, <laughs> how did that even happen? I mean, she like I feel like in 2008, she was kind of. She seems to have been running a very overtly racist campaign, and, and like, which everyone seems to. Um, I don't think it was overtly racist. I mean, I mean, I don't think it was overtly racist. I think it was she is an old, out of touch, racist white lady who is just sort of clueless. Maybe I don't know. I don't um, think that I don't think they were running. I, like I think she was doing racism. a lot of deliberate dog whistles, as I recall. What? But really? I, I, I don't want to get into that. I don't want to get into that. We're getting distracted from the real issue, which is Procter and Gamble. P and G. Oh, well, I, well, I thought I thought I thought we were going to talk about uh, the the trend and that we would just mention and throw away. Oh, I'm sorry. Of like uh, power powerful people taunting us. Oh yeah, bullshit. Like like Mark Zuckerberg like changing Facebook to Meta. Um, Ted Cruz saying that Texas should secede and take NASA and make Joe Rogan the president. And there were some other things. I mean, it, it just all reminds me of when. Uh, uh, who was it who created Palantir? Um, Peter Thiel. Yeah, the uh, the uh, surveillance solutions company named their their product after the or their company after the crystal ball that the evil wizard in Lord of the Rings uh, did. Like, I feel like there's this new thing where they're uh, teasing. Uh, it's almost like the OK sign, the racist OK sign that people do in pictures. Mm-hmm. And it's like you never know. Like, are they trying to actually tell you they're evil? Are they trying to? own the libs and piss people off like there definitely seems like there's more open taunting from powerful people sure and it's well, like i mean it's like they're te- it's like they're teasing us because they're they know we or they think we're not going to do anything about it oh yeah well i think with like facebook um i'm i, I feel like we should just aggressively refuse to call it meta um because why why would you do that? I mean, I, I don't really look because I don't really understand. I mean, if you take it at face value, he's saying he wants to create the metaverse, right? Um, which is like some no, sort no, of not necessarily. I think he just thinks that meta is a cool concept and a cool name to call his stupid product. No, I mean, he says, and, well, and, he, and like, also he's very explicit. Like this is about taking Facebook to the next level and and the the metaverse and. Oh, so he said metaverse. Okay. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He said, "Welcome to the metaverse." That was like part of the gross. The, um, 
But basically, it's about you know how you, you know how your favorite part of the video game is buying is being forced to pay real money for like fake uh, costumes for the characters to play. Sure. Yeah, I love in-game purchases. Yeah, yeah. So he wants to create a whole like world of in-game purchases. Um, it's like it, 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 I don't really. I mean, I guess there are in terms of like I don't know. Um, the remember that video of him walking down the remember that video of him walking down the aisle and everyone was wearing uh, VR goggles. Well, first of all, the 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 and I guess we we were saving Facebook and Meta and Meta for a, a different episode, uh, so we're not as prepared. But if you oh, if so you watch yeah. if you watch the video, the examples all look like dog shit. Like it, none of it looks it, lo- it looks like. If if someone was like, oh, I've got this cutting edge <laughs> VR, and then, then they put it on your head, and you're just you're just running around in, in like Nintendo Wii. I mean, Wii, it, it's like, it's like Elon Musk with his stupid truck that like these powerful guys like all of their new big ideas are dog shit. Yeah, the Cybertruck looked like a piece of shit for sure. I mean, no, it looked great. I'm just saying, no, I'm kidding. But I just I just like that these guys they can they can do stupid shit and doesn't even it doesn't matter like they could put on these big you know e three style like things where they roll out these products and bust the wind the unbreakable window or like show the the bullshit VR like and no one cares everyone still worships Elon Musk everyone but um I think I think Zuckerberg doesn't get the love that uh. Actually, it's just Musk because I think people kind of universally hate Jeff Bezos and and Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, I think because both of them seem like overtly evil, whereas Elon Musk—they're not as charismatic. They're yeah, not as charismatic. I think Elon Musk. I, I I despise him, but I understand that he's cultivated a a cult of personality around like memes and shit. Yeah. So he seems a lot more self. He seems a lot more self-aware. Actually. Yeah. 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 So, um, and I, no, I think that like his own branding is like bizarre. Um, but it seems to be effective with people that are like him, but, but their daddy didn't have an emerald mine, you know, which there are a lot of people like that in the world. I think like small white men who, there's a a lot, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people whose dads didn't have emerald mines. (laughs) Too many. I'll just say it. Uh, but the other thing um, is uh, Jeff Bezos. He was talking about uh, like kicking the pores off of Earth, as I understand it. Uh, that's not what I got from it, but well, I just got the so he was basically talking about how there were the future wasn't going to be Elon Musk's stupid idea of terraforming and populating Mars. He goes, "That's dumb. What I want to do is set up a bunch of cylindrical spinning uh, colonies." in space that can each hold about a million people and then people would be born there and raised there and then they could visit the earth like it's Yellowstone Park. And I was like, if Earth is still like a beautiful, vibrant ecosystem, why have we left? Like, why if if it's the idea of we're leaving this sinking ship, yeah. Uh who's gonna be and I was trying to think, in that situation, where would the exclusive part be? Would it be Earth or would it be the the colonies? Like are they, are they leaving the pores to uh, die on a dying Earth, and, or are they or are they putting everyone in space so they can just keep on 
mining and burning trees and basically draining the earth of all its resources and you know we're all up in space and no one cares yeah actually it's probably more just that he was trying to change the pr well in his google searches he was saying that earth is so precious that in the future only a certain number of people will be allowed to live on it and it'll be like they say allowed or able I mean, I think he, I think he implied permission, was my understanding. But like he said, like it would be like visiting an, a national park, and I think maybe it wasn't necessarily about permission. In our modern it world, if someone that, lives in a national park, they're probably houseless. Well, no, I mean, I think the other thing that component of this is he's presupposing that so much industry, namely pol- industry that pollutes things, would be done in space to avoid polluting Earth that people would be living in space. Now, I think that's fucking stupid. Um, I think how, how are we going to do all the industry in space where we don't, we don't have an infrastructure for getting resources from any place other than earth? For sure. I mean, and, and I, the, the, the weird thing about this to me is that I feel like, you know, I'm a sci-fi guy. I, I enjoy sci-fi stories, but yeah. human beings as like meat, meat vessels are des- meat, meat are designed to live on one planet and really only certain parts of one planet right designed designed by designed by christ uh what designed by christ yes designed by to christ live, to, thank you to live but to live between the poles of this planet yeah, yeah yeah um and uh and to suffer and to uh sure and to uh and to praise his name. None of you are free from sin. Um, no, not one. Uh, boy. Shout out to the Apostle Paul fan of the ship. Um, I've got, I don't have an Apostle Paul joke. I wish I did. What? No? No. You don't want, you don't want to talk about his, uh, his journey through Asia Minor? Well, I, I, I just or, think um, that ultimately well, what the whole thing is implying is that um, only certain only certain people, a lot of people, by nature of having to work for a living, and industry being displaced into space in order to preserve Earth, a lot of people are going to be living off of Earth. Whereas people yeah. that own all of the space industry, like Jeff Bezos, for instance are going to be able to live comfortably on earth because they can do whatever they want. And also it's better for them to live on earth because you really cannot survive in space. Like there, there have been like ash, like astronauts that have spent a year in space to like, Hey, what would happen? It's terrible for you. <laughs> it's real bad for you. So, but your so bones you lose Jeff density Bezos, and you're so, so, so you think Jeff Bezos is aware that living in space would be the lesser option. Absolutely. He is. I don't think he's stupid. Right, but I also don't think he really wants this thing. I, I honestly think that's definitely him. True. And I mean, I honestly think him and Elon Musk say stuff like this. So when you search for their name, you won't find how people are dying on their shop floors. <laughs> You'll find the stupid space bullshit they say. Sure, that's that's fair. I think that uh, I don't like the, I don't I don't like these cats. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um. Real quick, uh, not real quick, uh, I do want to transition to 
the supply chain crisis. So like you said, yes. you've noticed that uh, you know there, there are a few empty shelves at your local supermarket. A lot, a lot of glass stuff seems to be missing. I haven't noticed that myself. Um, I don't know what specifically. Uh, th- I mean, there's a. I remember when the, I remember when the whole supply chain thing happened. We were going into fireworks season, and so my family thought that the whole supply chain thing had to do with China thwarting us somehow, mm. because we also lost some crates. Our whole sailor lost some crates of fireworks in the ocean. Uh, again, because of uh, supply chain issues and cutbacks on workers uh, in China and, and on the ships and, and stuff like that, there's like a, there were a lot of mistakes, industrial mistakes at the time that were also being made because, you know, companies aren't going to cut down on the workload. They're just going to have fewer people working unsafe hours doing unsafe work. So when one of our when one of the ship we didn't have as many fireworks for fireworks season and my family was like fucking China. And I was like. I'm sure the guys on that boat didn't want to lose all their product and yeah, put themselves in danger. Well, the, it's it's interesting you you talk about that. So there's there's an article in the Washington Post, um, uh, written by uh, a, a guy named David Lynch, probably no relation. Um, I made the movie Dune. It's my David Lynch. Yeah, I I haven't seen the David Lynch Dune all the way through. Anal prolapse is no laughing matter, Cleveland. He's the bartender on the Cleveland show, David Lynch. And he actually does the voice. It's bizarre. <laughs> okay. Um, but anyway, yeah. this other David Lynch, you're going to love him. Uh, Are you sure? <laughs> he's, he wrote an article called Inside America's Broken Supply Chain. And I, I don't want to, you know, I don't know, talk too much into the weeds on this because the weeds are... Um, Dark and deep, but not lovely, is in my opinion. Sure, um, sure. Uh, but so basically, in California, there are uh, just a ton of ships waiting offshore, full of supply containers, full of goods that are supposed to be in the market right now that can't get there because of basically logistical fuck ups and uh, logistical, you know, uh, things being just jammed up in different ways. Yeah. Which is which I think is really interesting uh, for a lot of different reasons because I think one logistics and fulfillment I think often goes like under the radar as like a an infrastructure of capitalism and that's very labor intensive that you know I feel like that's not something that people think about very often even though you're probably past any number of uh you know big rigs on the road uh, at any given every day uh, especially you since you I, I think i think i think people are very aware of these jobs yeah and i think they i think they think of them in terms of these jobs people do but i don't, I don't think people think of this in terms of like big business industry well uh, i think supply what's what's interesting yeah well that's what i mean it's kind of an intermediary right it's yeah. it's the reason why there are goods at your store not so much something you know it, it, i don't know but um uh so what i find interesting about this um real quick let me just so like the 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 issue is uh, as lynch writes that uh you know these delivery disruptions become have uh, kind of the main feature of. Sorry. All right, so these delivery disruptions are kind of the 
uh, what should I say? The the one of the main impediments to the the current recovery, like they're 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 one of the main things fueling inflation uh, that are stag- making growth stagnate. Um, and uh, and honestly, you know, it kind of calls into question the entire model. And he even says that in the Washington Post. Um, and but but we don't we never change the model. We just keep wrestling with it into and. and and strain every, you know, every system related to it. Well, well, part of it, part of what I find interesting is the that apparently logistics and shipping, uh, you know, it requires these big um, ships with the shipping containers, and then there has to be trucks waiting for them, and then there has to be, um, you know, longshoremen to operate the cranes to get the the shipping container onto a truck, and then the truck to a train, and then the you know the train to another truck, and the truck to the market. Right? It requires so many different mm-hmm. little pieces, and um, and when when any one of those has a hiccup, the whole thing begins to break down. Um, yeah, especially the farther down it is in terms of a fundamental component of it. I mean, actually, each of them is probably equally fundamental until it's at the store where you can buy it it's it's there anything that happens is going to prevent it from getting to you but the issue i think is that like uh when i was reading into this because i was like what's going on here because i uh as i mentioned on the podcast i've been more interested in prepping for the collapse of capitalism um yeah and uh and and because this seems you know a supply chain crisis um could be the collapse of capitalism uh but uh I like how, I like how you really haven't been trying to get me and my family into this. If you think it's so fucking important, so appreciate that. <laughs> limited, it's gonna be limited resources. Yeah, We're gonna become enemies. I mean, yeah, you're gonna have to walk. You're, you're gonna have to walk and dead me in the head well, with an axe. To be clear, someday. my whole strategy, and and I haven't revealed this because I think it's important not to be. You know, you got to keep some things close to the vest. But my strategy for the 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 collapse of capitalism is i'm gonna be the guy with all the batteries it's like the first day of high school when you determine i'm gonna be the kid that wears uh the the shades (laughs) i'm gonna see if i can get kids at summer camp to call me blades i got double a batteries i got triple a batteries i got d batteries i got what are you gonna use those d batteries i got nine volts okay all right you know what I never understood? People always associate D batteries with vibrators. Hmm. You could just put the D batteries in your ass. You don't need the middleman of a vibrator, you know? I don't know that putting D batteries in your ass does anything for you. I've tried. I don't. It, I was like, no, I, I haven't tried. What's your favorite ass battery? Um, Do you think if you put a 9 volt up to your butthole, it'll taste sour? No. You know, like when you put a nine volt on your tongue, oh. and you can you interpret the current as sourness. You can guess the battery by pressing it against your asshole. Um, anyway, enough of this, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but no, it's, it's kind of the, the wild west for logistics in the United States because um, de- of deregulation. We're going to come back to that in a minute. Uh, deregulation yeah. uh, means that there are a lot of basically like independent contractor types of truckers. The um, and this this I found fascinating. The United States is decades behind foreign ports in getting carriers, terminals, and shippers to provide each other access to commercial data for planning purposes. 
um, said uh, the executive director of the Port of Los Angeles. Concerns over data privacy, business secrets, and security keep them uh, in a fragmented approach. Individual ports operate as separate fiefdoms rather than as part of a national system. Whereas in, in Europe, they have like software where everyone basically gets the same sheet and everyone has to put in their information. It's like it's like uh, like it seems like a really stupid way to run the system. Well, it reminds me of when Sears started running itself by internal competition yeah. between the departments. Mm. Uh, my, so, so, so just so you know, my dad worked for one of these contract uh, trucking companies in, that ship earth materials for construction. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, what it means is because they they don't have like a larger corporation over them; they're just a trucking company. There's like a total lack of oversight, a total lack of like my dad is still driving trucks and he probably won't get a retirement. He's not going to get a retirement pension. Uh, he, he won't get, a um, benefits. Mm. He won't like, and it scares me because people in his exact position are at huge risk of homelessness. Yeah. So that's that's rough. Like I I see it. Yeah. it, It just, it sucks seeing him have to worry about this. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, but yeah, the the other thing I did want to talk about um, is maybe he can become a property owner. There you go. That's the dream. You, you become a landlord, and then someone else pays your bills. You know, my brother has gotten into uh, property ownership, and I honestly don't think brother? he real. I honestly don't think he realizes that he's a landlord because in his mind, he's buying and like fixing up properties, and then having and then leasing it to people. I think in his mind, a a landlord is someone who works like in an apartment complex or like a part of a business. I think he feels like he's just a guy doing a thing on his own. My so God. it's not threat. Pure so it's not threatening. You're right. <laughs> what I'm saying is that it's, it's one of the ways that like we get inculcated into capitalism without realizing we're the, the bad guy, you know, yeah. it's, and, and what I was going to say is I wouldn't blame my, my dad has been thinking about it. He's like, I need a source of, you know, income when I retire. And I'm like, you do. So I don't know if I could be too mad at him for wanting to go that route, even though I think it's bad. Yeah. Because he's, I mean, again, he's being forced into this situation. I, I have a lot more sympathy for people who are desperate for a way of having income and surviving. And so they start doing this. But for someone who does this as their career, as their livelihood, and makes a good living doing it, like, I feel like you have a lot less excuse and a lot more opportunity for self-awareness. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I know that like my, like my parents um, are landlords. They they don't have an yeah. like an empire, but they have like two properties that we used to live in that they rent out. And yeah. uh, my dad is always telling me like, um, oh, that's what that's what I should do. I should buy a property, live in it. And then have someone else live in it while I get another property, and then like like that's because that in was fairness, in fairness. In fairness, your parents probably aren't exploitative assholes, though. I mean, or do you think? It, or do you think it's inherently? Exploitative? I think it's inherently exploitative. I don't. I know that, like, okay. you know, first of all, it's it's all a rat race, right? We're all in competition with each other, and right. I think that you know when people find a way to build wealth, which is what um, you know, small time people like my parents are um, like, it's one thing, like they both work full time. It's not like they're landlords right. to the point where they don't have to work anymore. Sure. But um, you know, well, and, and if, and if you're doing it on a small enough scale, you can probably at least minimize it by making sure you do stay on top of the repairs and taking care and also being more lenient with them in terms of I mean, payment and 
it is what it is. I mean, you're, you're sure. they're and, still and, paying and for I, your mortgage. I've mentioned on the show before that, you know, when we moved to California, we still had our house here. And so we leased it. But we did that mostly so we would have that house to come back to. Right. Because we, we knew we were going to be in California temporarily. But, and, and, but and, you, and, and you every time acknowledge that while you were in California, that person was paying for your mortgage. Yes. And, 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 and we would be incredibly uh, lenient. Like they were constantly delinquent on their, uh, on their rent. And even though we were like giving them that leeway, the idea that like these people are struggling to get us this, this money. And we knew it like felt, it felt gross. Yeah. Like it did feel gross. Even though we were being lenient, we're like, That's fuck. What, I mean, I think it alienates like them to, to, it could potentially alienate them from housing, but it could, it, it yeah. alienates the two of you as like, you know, basically the same. And it puts you sure. in like the, the, I don't know, the, the landlord position and them in the tenant yeah. position. And like, uh, yes, you know, the, yeah, because we were renting and, and paying and, and dealing with our a landlord at the same time. So yeah. it's like a fucking circle jerk of misery. Yeah. Well, um, anyway, the just move on. Um, the So basically, just we need to conclude anyway. The uh, it, Kim Moody was writing in The Guardian about a lot of the supply chain crisis having to do with... Um, the just-in-time delivery system that has emerged. And a lot of this, and I'll just read the quote here, from the 1980s onward, motorways widened, ports deepened, and extra runways were added here and there to keep up with the pace of change. 21st century warehouses transformed from places of storage into vast distribution and fulfillment centers. But speed, as any Formula One driver will tell you, brings its own risks. Floods, power outages, closed roads, labor disputes, and, of course, pandemics can all halt the system. Because just-in-time has eradicated stockpiles, an unforeseen crisis can lead to treacherous shortages. And I think that, I mean, there's a lot going on here. In particular, he he later writes, you know, about the pandemic leading to logistical crises and uh, shipping schedules uh, being unreliable. Um, that uh, the rise of fuel prices has led to reduced shipping speeds, which is known in the industry as slow steaming, which helps to cut costs. Which, which first of all brought me back to to uh, skimpflation, which I was like, yeah, this this is what every yeah. every industry tries to do. This they just well, well, also that that used to be the, the normal thing is that it gets to you when it gets to you. Now, like Jeff Bezos, like if something accidentally happens in the supply chain with Amazon. That make that puts them behind. They you you don't just have to be like oh shit happens. I wait for it. No, they then have to break their backs to make up for that. Well, like everything gets put on the worker. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Jeff Bezos ain't breaking his back. Um, no, that's yeah, absolutely. But uh, but obviously, like a lot of the system comes down to. The, the consequences, as you already alluded to, are the the demands of the worker to basically throw out their back and, and ru- ruin their rotator cuff to get you a, uh, you know, your hot dog maker uh, by the end, by the, by, within 48 hours. Um, and the other cost of that is also the fossil fuels that it takes to burn the fuel for the jets, the trucks, etc. to get that hot dog maker into your living room and the hot dog into your face. So Into your um, living room. That's where you keep the hot dog maker? Jesus. Where do you keep it? Fucking Saracen? In the garage where you make hot dogs. <laughs> Saracen. Um, anyway. 
What do you do if you need a hot dog in the uh, shower? I just want to come out and apologize to any Saracen listening to this podcast. The Saracens. Anyway. Um, Wasn't that just an old generic term for Muslims during the Crusades? Yeah, it's just a stupid... It's, it's a thing that racists said in like the... the, the, the our middle age... Um, our European, our, our listeners from the European Middle Ages will love that reference. Yeah, yeah. Our time traveler listeners, they're gonna love that shit. Um, <laughs> but it brought like it kind of what he's writing about Kim Moody and uh, uh, the Guardian. It, the, it aligns with what we we're just talking about in terms of truckers because there's another article uh, regarding the supply chain issue. There's constantly this this line out there that there aren't enough truckers. Like there's a there's a yeah. big shortage of truckers. Um, the American Trucking Association no one wants to work says anymore. the industry is short eighty thousand drivers. Is what they say. Um, in California, how can you be short a specific number? Don't you just have the maximum you have? Like how can they know what the maximum is supposed to be? Well, they just know. I mean, I'm sure that there's a way that they calculate that. It, it doesn't seem unreasonable okay. to me. But um, okay. uh, Alana Samuels in Time magazine points out in california alone there are 640,000 people who hold an active class a or class b commercial driver's license um meanwhile there are only 140,000 truck transportation jobs in the state according to the uh state employment development department so clearly there's something going on here <laughs> right there's yeah there's a there's an in- incredible deficit it's not because there aren't enough truckers there, um, no one wants to work anymore. Well, no. <laughs> the, the The issue is that there's a retention problem. We uh, there apparently, and it, it, what what jumped out at me is that in the wake of 1980s de- deregulation, which is exactly what I you saw in the Kim Moody piece, um, that yeah. a lot of the the conditions in trucking were undermined. So turnover for truck drivers today. Um, it, for for fleets that have a certain amount of revenue is about 92%, meaning that nine out of every 10 drivers are no, will no longer be working for the same company in a year. Um, well, it means, it means they're skipping jobs because there's like not a lot of job security, right? Like there's... Or they're just being, they're not, being burned my, out and they're, they're like, all right, well, this well, isn't worth it. From what, my dad's, from what my dad says, like a lot of the guys that he works with driving... They just jump around from company to company because a lot of the time it's not like they have formalized employment or like a formalized contract with the. It's like you come and work here, yeah. and like if if someone calls for a job, you pick up or you don't pick up, and you don't get paid. Yeah, I mean, so what? What's what they what they're saying in the article? Uh, Samuels is saying in the article, deregulation essentially changed trucking from a system where a few companies had licenses to take freight from on certain routes for certain rates into a system where anyone with a motor carrier authority could move anything anywhere for whatever the market would pay. And today, <laughs> truck drivers get paid about forty percent less than they did in the nineteen seventies, but are twice wow. as productive as they were then. So you have and, – and one of the examples, the drivers that she talked to in the piece says that they're kind of pitted against each other and they end up kind of yep. uh, being called out to, for instance, to um, 
uh, haul produce, but you arrive at the farm and the shit hasn't even been picked yet. So the, the yes. driver basically has to sit there and wait for it to be picked and packaged and put on the truck. And while they're waiting, obviously they're not getting paid, but while they're waiting, they can't use the bathrooms at the facilities they, and they're right. not allowed to leave or they'll lose their place in line and some other truck behind them will take the load. Right. Cause you're, so it's almost like the companies are benefiting from the, from the shortage of drivers. It's basically the gig economy. They're basically Uber drivers, except they have a, yeah. they have a CB radio <laughs> or whatever. The fuck. Yeah. I, I have a weird imagination of what a truck driver life is like. Um, but sure. Yeah. They just have their Morse code <laughs> pad, you know? Um, but come on back to me, good buddy. <laughs> uh, but no, I I thought that it was it was really interesting because um, you know truck driving. I think it's often talked about as like, oh, you're you you make it. They make really good money. Um, but actually, it seems like no, they actually like. That's one of the no, the don't. lies the industry tells you to get your. I think I think that that's the assumption because it's such a it's such a necessary job. Yeah, that keeps literally keeps our country running. Yeah, and and I think that probably there are union truck drivers that probably do have a pretty secure living, but the deregulation in the '80s was probably meant to completely undermine them, and, and in particular the Teamsters. Well, I, I told my dad, I said, I said you should union, like try to unionize, the, and, and he said, "There's too many guys coming and going to." There's not, not, yeah. not enough stability to unionize. I mean, it's easy to feel and like that's probably, that. That's and, that's, and that's that's it's a, it's an industry but, that used to be unionized. Yes, no, I know, but well, actually, there's a there's a big side of my family that's like Democrats and, and union, you know, people, and uh, but yeah, my my dad also he just says in the trucking industry, there's not a guy that stays at the company long enough to to, to unionize. He actually started talking to me about it, and he's like, I, "So apparently, my dad has thought about this before, probably when he was younger." Uh, but you know, I don't know. My dad's a very like beaten down by the system type of guy who's like, "Don't want to rock the boat." That's how I, how he taught me growing up was, "You don't want to rock the boat. You don't want to make a fuss. You, you're you're lucky to have a job." Mm-hmm. Like my my dad won't even take uh, PTO that he has because he's so afraid that. He's going to make his boss, man. That's just the trauma of, you know, yeah. capitalism. Yeah. Um, what I'm I trying to, to say is the economy is in shambles. Um, it is. And uh, it seems to be and that, in, and that in leads... some ways showing signs of distress. And I'm not saying that it can't overcome them because it probably can. Capitalism is unfortunately a very um, resilient system. Um, but right. But, but what do, what do we mean when we also talk about late stage capitalism and sort of how, you know, the rise in fascism, I feel like on the left, there's this sense that we are living in the last days of capitalism, but I feel like that also comes with an assumption that it's going to get a lot more vicious and desperate. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, not to be too dark, I think late stage capitalism normally refers to like, like this sense that the contradictions of the system are becoming unavoidable and that that may result in you know the kind of collapse where we get we just have to confront fascism again which seems to be on the rise um or we have we there is a, a movement that coalesces to change the system and i think that's happening in some parts of the world i really don't detect it happening in the united states not organizing on a scale that's necessary to to uh, confront the system the, re- the, 
the reason threats to capitalism create a rise in fascism is because there's often a ethnic component to class identity, right? Yeah. And like as and that as the ruling class gets threatened, there's also an ethnic identity class I mean, there that's getting it's not as so well. much uh, there's an ethnic component to class and i mean ethnic, ethnic i mean ethnic in, in air quotes by the way well i think that what it is i don't know what that means but i think that what ultimately identity like white people i think ultimately what it is is that you know if people if they're separated into class like you you, you can't just have someone come out and say i think the working class should have to live in space stations or in camps um, right. Which the, the 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 owner of Starbucks responding to like an anti-union campaign actually compared his workers to like people that were like on concentration camp trains or something like that. It was fucking insane. Yeah, I think I think that's real cool. Um, that's fucking insane. But um, you know, you you can't have you can't you're not gonna, you're not going to have a, a populace that comes out and says that working people need to be put in their place. But what you can do is you have to you can find some sort of taxonomy. Where you you say that you know the, the the cause of all our problems are the Jews, the blacks, the gypsies, or what have you, because that makes it much easier to divide the working class against each other, and to have the working class discipline itself by interrogating. It gets them looking at each other. It gets them looking at each other rather than looking at you. Yeah, exactly. Rather than saying. Like, you know, it really is that simple. I, I didn't realize I thought there was more to it than a divide and conquer. Like if, if you want to, you know, if you want to get people to rally together, you get them a common enemy. And yeah, I mean, that's the un, unspoken thing that whenever people say that, you know, Hitler came to power by uniting the, the German people in, against a common enemy. Another one, the unsaid thing about that is he was dividing the non-ruling class against each other. Mm. No, I think, yeah, I think that, like, when you have people, frankly, under threat of death, um, concerned about cat is deciding to play by itself next to me recording. But when you have people thinking about, is my neighbor a communist? Is my neighbor hiding Jews? Um, are the, you know, you, you have, you, you get to a system where you, people are not concerned about like like the that the person that actually has power over me is the person at the factory or well that's what i well that's well also if you have people if you tell if you tell if you tell the populace hey let your government start taking care of uh these minorities then you start getting a more fascist uh you know uh government and so the majority of people are okay with that rise to power of a sort of uh you know, fascist government. And then once that's in place, then those people who were okay with it are like, Oh shit, those guys are scary. I better also comply. So it's like a way of, it's like a way of sneaking in greater power because people, people are like, yeah, go after the Jews. And then after you're in place, they're like, Oh wait, I'm also kind of scared of you a little bit too. Well, I think, you know, in the United (laughs) States, the context, a lot of it is that if there were justice in this country, it would be very bad for whites. (laughs) Like, that's definitely part of it. There's there's a sense that well, it's the type of thing where where equ- equity equity feels like a lo- a dis- disenfranchisement to yeah. the and people the, with the, uh, uh, privilege. All of the awful consequences of poverty and hunger and homelessness, like it, they have to be the result of your own doing. They can't be because someone has to be yeah. there. Someone has to be living on the street. Otherwise, you know, people will be. You like, have to be- you have you have to believe there's that. 
the system that has you going and doing backbreaking labor for your boss has some meaning to it. Yeah. Um, has some legitimacy. We're going long and uh speaking of long, you should have seen the you should have seen the hog on my kids. Maybe. This cat's being really loud. She's been fed, so I don't know what her deal is. You want attention? You wanna be on the podcast? She's probably a fucking cat. Um But yeah, this is cool. Uh this is a fun episode. Sorry it's been hit or miss. I've had uh Lots of things going on. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I honestly don't know how other podcasters keep... Unless you make a lot of money from doing a podcast. They're, like any podcaster with kids, this must be hugely disruptive. On that note, I'm going to need you to go right now to patreon.com slash future left. And I'm going to need you to give me $350 per month. Um, if you don't do that then you are uh, an enemy of the working class. You're literally taking food out of Adam's kid's mouth. You're literally taking Cheetos out of my mouth. You're literally coming to Adam's house, burning it down. (laughs) I don't know. I'm also going to have a kid, so give me money. Give us money also. Yeah, but give it to me, though. No, give it to me. No, no, no. I want it. No, no, no. Give it to daddy. No, give it 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 to daddy. daddy number one. I, oh, I got well, it on okay. the I, I got on the ground floor of this operation. Okay, <laughs> I'm picking. I'm, I'm drafting yeah. in on, on your <laughs> anyway. Yeah, but uh, but uh, yeah. For for future left, I'm Casey and I'm Adam, and that's Artemis. Bye everybody. All right, bye everyone.